But uh, thank you so much, everyone, for, for joining us and being part of church this morning. I wanted to thank uh, Ireland last night for, for the result. I love all the conspiracies that were coming out, especially when we saw the ref. We are like, oh, no, here we go. 21 points. We'll see you guys next World Cup. And then Ireland were just like, nah, we're ready for you, All Blacks. And I think uh, uh, if I could uh, get prophetic for a moment, I think uh, the All Blacks are going to uh, meet us in the final. Meet us in the final. And then uh, my prophetic declaration will be a repeat of 1995. 15-12, drop goal in the last couple of minutes. Can a church say amen? Come on. It's established in the presence of two or three witnesses. Two or three will gather. The Lord is there. Thank you, Father, for this word. Man, I love sport. So um, welcome, everyone, to uh, what's the start of a brand new series this morning. Um, by the way, if anyone uh, feels like they want to donate an iPad stand to the kingdom, just let me know. I'm feeling like this thing needs to be resting up here at the moment because I'm, uh, my neck's getting a bit sore. But uh, we're, in the, we're in the start of a brand new, uh, brand new series this morning called The Calling Series. And we're going to get stuck into a little bit of that topic uh, in just a bit. While, we, while I'm sort of in- introducing it for us, if you want to turn with me in your Bible so long, we're going to be in the book of Second Peter. So uh, if you've got your Bibles with you or your Bible app, you're welcome to take out your phone in church. As I said last week, and if it rings, it will be assumed as a donation to the house of the Lord. Second uh, Peter, so in the New Testament, go past the Gospels, uh, past a few of the letters. If you get to the maps, you've gone too far, just come back a little bit. Second Peter, uh, and we're going to be reading a few verses from chapter 1 this morning. But while we're getting there, uh, I want to just set the conversation up for us uh, this morning by saying that this topic that I want to touch on has come up a lot in conversation recently. I think it's one of the topics that, in fact, comes up quite often. It's one of the most talked about topics, I think, for a lot of people, both people that are inside Christianity and church life and those that are outside Christianity and the church life. And I think that's because changes in life happen often. Life is full of transition moments, if you want to call them that. Apart from the fact that we are changing and growing as people, life itself creates these transition moments, these changes that we encounter from time to time. And life can rattle this thing that I want to talk about this morning. Things can cause us to question it. Other things can solidify us in it and confirm that we have it. And so we find ourselves from time to time, I guess, navigating this topic in one way or another. I want to talk about the topic of our calling this morning and over the next couple of weeks. Our calling. And in considering the recent Grace message series that we did, we looked at uh, the life of Peter, Simon Peter, and I thought, let's continue uh, the theme in studying a little bit of his life because he had, a, he had a pretty dramatic calling from God, as you might remember. So I thought, you know, this would be a great place to help us unpack this idea of our calling somewhat. You know, I feel like there's something we can say as the church to the questions that we often get asked around this topic, like, what is a calling? How will I know if I have one? (laughs) How do I know that I'm in the right one in terms of what I've been called into? You know, is it possible to choose the wrong one? (laughs) And what happens if I do? And I guess my hope by the end of this message this morning, at the end of the series as a whole, is not that, you know, you will receive a 
WhatsApp message from an angel in heaven going, hey friend, you know, here's the job that I want you to take and here's the company you should work for and here's the starting package that you should earn, you know, the heavenly amount. This is not going to be an aptitude test seminar. I feel like those are sometimes too limiting for faith anyway. But my goal is rather that we would recognize, firstly, every single one of us has a calling from God. Every single one of us sitting in this room has a calling from God and we have the invitation from him to explore what that is. That's the important part that I want to highlight this morning. And that's important because I feel like this topic causes some fear and anxiety for people because of those questions that I was asking just now. It seems to be one of those topics that, that, that leaves us with a sense of unease or anxiety, this, this doubt even or pressure that comes from the question of our calling. What is my calling on earth? And because of that fear, I feel like a lot of us walk around life at times unsure of what it is that we should be doing. We almost check out of certain environments and certain spaces, not having used the opportunities that God gave us because we were fearful of messing up. What if I'm, you know, in the wrong lane? I've been told to stay in my lane. What if I'm in the wrong lane? What is a lane? I don't know how the lane works. And to be honest, church, I include myself in this, in this topic. Um, if I can be very honest with you, and I think all pastors should be honest. Amen. Okay, she was <laughs> checking. Um, do you agree with that statement? Um, if I can be very honest with you, there have been many times where I have questioned my calling. Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I don't know. And that's both in ministry and the financial planning world that I came from before this. Um, and by the way, we're going to see how that order is really important, that your calling informs your career. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. But I think too often, you know, this, 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 this fear thing that we have regarding this topic keeps us from becoming active and, and, and taking a stand and, and contributing something into the kingdom. And we've almost allowed the devil to use circumstances that come our way to distract us and throw us off course from the real purpose that we should be fulfilling. You know, it's like we face some kind of opposition or resistance or this transition moment that we were speaking about just now and we go, oh gosh, you know, if I'm facing this intersection, am I in the place that God wants me to be? How do I know that I'm still in my calling? And actually, the idea that I want to do really uh, focus on this morning is that this, this topic of our calling is far less stressful than that. In fact, we'll, we'll see from Scripture that understanding our calling from God is something far less complicated than what we might have imagined it to be. And instead of it being a pressurized decision to make, it's more of a graceful invitation to receive. Instead of it being a pressurized decision to make, it's more of a graceful invitation to receive. And I want to I just settle some of those doubts for us this morning by looking at some scriptures that, that show us how to approach the idea of our callings as an invitation to receive and not something to be fearful of. Is this making sense? Is it speaking to anyone today? Is this, is this, are, you, are you with me? And so whatever that, whatever that picture of your calling translates into for you, because as you can imagine, everyone's calling looks different. We're not about to compare ourselves, right, or pit ourselves against one another. I want us to recognize that, that by the end of the series, we'll be able to say with confidence that, number one, 
I'm called to become someone specific. And number two, I'm called to build something spiritual. Number one, my goal, my hope, is that we would be able to say with confidence that number one, I am called to be someone specific. You have a calling. And it's to be someone specific. There's no other version of you. There's no secondary Lloyd walking around. There's one Lloyd. And number two, I'm called to build something spiritual. That's going to be my goal. Can you say amen to that this morning, church? Um, and by the way, there are ways to grow in your calling. We're going to, we're going to look, at, look at some of those too. So hold on to your Harleys, everybody. <laughs> hold on to your horses. It seems a bit old, so hold on to your Harleys. I don't have a Harley, but I just I don't know why I said that. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get a better handle on the person that I'm called to be. That's such a dad joke. Please help me, Jesus. Anyway, someone got it. Um, by the way, I wanted just to say as we, as we begin the series on, on, on calling that there are, of course, times when we call out to God for things. Yeah? There's plenty of seasons in life. And, and Scripture is full of verses that contain this instruction almost to call out to God. I mean, Jeremiah uh, 33, verse 3, probably one of the most famous ones. Call to me, says the Lord, and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. You know, growing up in the Baptist church, this was called Jesus' phone number. Anyone remember that? Ah, oh, come on. There's some old school Baptists in the house this morning. That was called Jesus' phone number. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. And of course, um, Psalms is full of the opportunities and invitations to call. Psalm 145, 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him. Such a great verse. To all who call on him in truth. Man, that's such a beautiful verse. The Lord is near to all who call on him. That word all means all. Right? Very, very encouraging. And then Romans 10, probably also one of the most famous verses in the New Testament on this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we have this, this instance, obviously, in our relationship with God where we're the ones that do the calling. But this series however, is going to be devoted to the calls that God makes himself to us. There's one call where we call out to heaven, and then there's callings that come from heaven to our hearts, as it were. And so we're going to look at that over the next couple of weeks, that we have a firm foundation upon which to build our lives, so that when those transition moments come, we're not going to fall into, into the place of distraction. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to own our journey, and we're going to move forward with confidence, knowing that we're in God's will for our lives. It starts with heaven's call to us. Amen. So we're ready for our key scripture that's going to form the basis of the series. Are we all in 2 Peter chapter 1? We found that. So let's have a look at this amazing passage together. And I'm going to read from the CSB uh, translation. You can follow in whichever translation you have in your Bibles. So 2 Peter 1, chapter, so, yeah, 2 Peter 1 verses 3 to 11 says this. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. We could theoretically pause there and go home. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Verse 4. By these he has given us very great and precious promises. So that through them you may share in the divine nature, spiritual life, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort. Could you just repeat that for me? Make every effort. To supplement your faith with goodness, 
goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, that's so powerful. The person who lacks these things, those qualities he's just listed, is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort, there it is again, to confirm your calling and election. Make every effort to confirm your calling and election because if you do these things, you will never stumble. Oh man, that's so good. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be richly provided for you. Amen. That is a, that is a really powerful passage of Scripture. Um, it's, quite, it's quite wordy, I know. It's quite a lot of phrases and, and, and there's a lot of uh, language used there. So is it okay if just for a moment I unpack that a little bit for us? Because I wouldn't want for us to miss some of, the, some of the keys that are there. And then I'm going to give us three points to explain what our calling is. Three, three uh, aspects of our calling. Is that, a, is that okay? Are you guys okay to dive into a little mini exegesis with me this morning? And all the new two church people are like, exo what? Exegesis. It's basically just a study and, and an interpretation of a passage of scripture. So, firstly, if you wouldn't, if you, if you, if you, if you wouldn't mind, um, production team, just putting that verse back up on the screen for us um, from, the, from the beginning. Uh, we're going to go with verse 3. Just verse 2, by the way, as a little bit of a background, says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of our God and, of our God and Jesus our Lord. I want you to remember the word knowledge. Look how many times it comes up in this passage. Okay, verse 2 says that. May, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Verse 3 says that his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. I want you just to pause there for a moment. Have you ever felt that you don't quite have enough to make something out of the life that you've, that you've been given? His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. Well, in our own strength, I guess we'd be quite right. We don't have everything required to make something significant spiritually of the lives that we've been given. But God's divine power has given us everything. We lack nothing in Christ for the life that we are called to live. Are we good for that? Should I just put the mark down? We just go home and have pancakes. Friends, all the ability we need to live a life pleasing to God has been given to you by his divine power. May I suggest this morning that it confirms scriptures like Romans 8 verse 1 that say it is the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead that dwells in us. The Holy Spirit himself gives us everything we need to live a life worthy and pleasing to God. Man, that is so powerful. And this, and this is what he did, right? His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him, through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. This is the first key idea that I wanted to drive home for us this morning. Please note the following. 
church, God initiates the calling. We do the responding. He, him who called us by his own glory and goodness, God originates, initiates the calling. We do the responding. This is such an important part of understanding our calling from God. It forms, it forms the basis of our trust in that our calling did not originate from us. Our calling did not come from us. It originated in God. And if it originated in God, we can have absolute confidence that he is going to hold up his end of the deal. He is going to honor the call that he has spoken over us. We don't have to doubt God's commitment to his call. Man, that gives us confidence. In fact, Romans eleven twenty nine. 29, I saw it on the screen. It says, for the gifts and call of God are irrevocable. They can never be withdrawn, as another translation puts it. Man, that's, that is such a powerful idea. Jesus called his 12 disciples. He gave each of them a call. You know, they didn't come after him and say, hey, you know, what's up? We want to we wanna, we wanna follow you. No, Jesus called them. And just like the disciples, all of us sitting in this room this morning or listening on Spotify or SoundCloud, you have heard the call, come follow me. In our hearts, we've, we've received Jesus' invitation to come to him. We are here today because we heard this invitation from Jesus that said, come follow me. God originated and started the calling. I want to encourage you this morning and say this, this might help ease the burden a little bit when it comes to the calling that we have from God. Maybe, and maybe you came from a Christian home and you were around church, or maybe you didn't. Maybe you weren't brought up around church at all and you've only recently come to know who Jesus is. Irrespective of where or what or how, the point is God placed you there and he has called you. You don't need a dramatic testimony or some wild conversion story to receive a call from God. Can you say amen to that? God does the calling, we do the responding. Are we starting to get a little bit of a clearer picture here in terms of this call that we've received? I'm just going to carry on a little bit and then I'm going to give us three, three aspects of, of the call that we have. Verse four, verse four says, by these, by his glory and goodness, by God's glory and goodness, he's given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature. It's through God's promises that we share in the spiritual life, escaping the corruption that's in the world because of evil desire. We share in the divine nature through God's promises. That's such a powerful truth. And because of those promises, because we're sharing in a life by the Spirit, we should do something with our faith. We should supplement it with some things. Faith is not just something that we receive once and we put in the bookshelf for the rest of our spiritual journey and carry on as if, you know, we're now on our own. No, faith is a weapon that we use every single day. And this passage of scripture says we should supplement it with some things. We should add to it. I'm not adding these things so that I can be saved. It's because I'm saved that I'm adding these things to my faith. I'm growing in my faith by doing this. And then he lists them. Goodness, knowledge, self-control, endurance, godliness, brotherly affection, love, all these wonderful Christian qualities. He says make every effort. Make every effort to add, to supplement your faith with these things. And then he says in verse 8, because if you possess them, verse 8, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful. The person that lacks them is forgotten. Hey, I'm saved. I'm forgiven. 
Man, that is such a powerful truth. Make every effort. In verse 10. Sorry, team, I'm getting you jumping ahead there. Make every effort, therefore, because you've received these promises. You're adding to your faith. You've been cleansed. Make every effort to confirm your calling because if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. If your calling and election is confirmed by doing those biblical qualities that he's listed, there'll be a welcoming committee when you arrive in heaven one day. I don't know. That's just my interpretation of it. Richly provided entry. I just like to think of it that way. You know, I said one day, if, you know, when I, when I die one day, I don't want to have a funeral. I want to have a welcome home party. Heaven's going to rejoice. There'll be a rich kingdom. We're welcome. I mean, I love that idea. But with that in mind, friends, three aspects of this call. He's asking us to make it sure, to confirm it, to validate it. Confirm your calling. How do we do that? Let's just look very quickly at three, three aspects of the call that we've received. Remember what we said at the beginning. I'm called to become someone specific and I'm called to build something spiritual. What does that calling mean? Number one, we are called in to the family of God. That's the first aspect of our calling. Friends, we are called in to something. Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 4, it says this, Therefore, this is Paul writing, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord. My word. A prisoner for serving the Lord. That's a, that's a challenging one for me. Lord, it's raining this morning. I don't feel like going to church. It's cold. Okay, a prisoner for serving the Lord, like a, as in an actual jail. Um, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. There it is again. God did the calling. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. This is how we live out the calling. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Friends, we've been called into the family of God. And I think the first step in cultivating our calling from God is knowing that we have been called into his family. You've got to know that you've been called in. You're no longer distant church you are a friend of God he is near to you there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord you know it was once said that the gospel doesn't make bad people good it makes dead people alive and this is what's happened when we responded to God's call of salvation he's called us into the family and there's something special in just recognizing that, that God's call was to bring us in. We've been called into the family through salvation in Christ. I'm going to go through these points quickly because I'm mindful of the time. And then we're going to build on this conversation over the next two weeks. The second one, we've been called up. We've been called up. We've been called in. That's a iPhone 12 that's coming to the kingdom of God. We've been called in. We've been called up. It's an upward call that we've received. Some of you probably know the verse that we're going to read. Philippians 3, 12 to, 4, 12 to 14. Paul again, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. It's the guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, right? I mean, not that I've already obtained. I mean, you've, you've done a lot <laughs> or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. 
Oh, it's a beautiful verse. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There it is. There it is. You know, in, in gaining a better understanding of the calling that we have received from God, we need to get a grips with the following, that we have an upward call before we have a horizontal call. Does that make sense? Before you're an accountant, you're a chosen son. Let's get practical. Before you're a sportswoman, you're a chosen daughter. Before you're a title to someone else, you're an heir of a king. It's an upward call before it's a horizontal call. Before you're a title of any occupation to anyone else, you're an heir of a king. Romans 8 says that we are co-heirs with Christ. We are co-heirs with Christ. <laughs> Friends, it's crucial that we realize and, and, and rest in our upward call as having first place in order of the priority in our lives. Our identity in Christ shapes our choices. I'm not choosing a career path so that I can get accepted by God and find out who I am. I am accepted by God. And therefore, because I know who I am, I choose a career path that brings out the Christ-likeness in me. Can you say amen to that? Where can I shine my light the brightest and best? Where do I come alive the most? Where do I sense his grace and his favor resting for me in this season? That's the answer. That's the, that's, that's the conversation that we are having. It's because we are connected to the primary calling of knowing God that we are free to discover the other aspects of our gifts and our functions. It's because I'm secure in him and have fellowship with him, the upward call, that I can find my role in society this way, horizontally. Friends, we are all called to Christ's likeness and all that we do in life should add to our faith, not take away from it. We're called to Christ's likeness and all that we do in life should add to our faith, not take away from it. It's an upward call of God in Christ. And then finally, we're called out. We're called into the family. We're called up. And we're called out. Uh, we've got five minutes left. So can I just lean a little bit heavier onto this one for a moment? And then I'll, I'll just back out and, and, I don't know, sing Mary had a little lamb or something and help us forget. But we're going we're gonna to go to the physio for a bit, okay? Is that, is, is that okay? They're going to just lean the elbow in there for a little bit. Guys, ready? Deep breath. Whew. Promise you it's going to be okay. Promise you it's going to be okay. But I think it's important that we just say something on this topic. I think, and this is me too, I think too many Christians struggle with understanding their calling because of this reason. They don't fully embrace the calling out that they have received. Too many Christians want to live as they have always lived, and attach Jesus as a cool accessory to their life. Come with, buddy Jesus. Come and see what I'm doing. And then when questions about our calling come up, we get confused, right? But up until then, you've hardly seen the difference between the worldly kingdom and the kingdom of God in how we've lived. No difference in how we've conducted ourselves in relationships, in business. We binge watch the same worldly influences. And then... You know, we wonder why we don't get the answers that we're looking for. 
Mary, what? That's Jesus loves the little children. I remember that now. Saying on the wrong thing. But yeah, do you understand what I'm saying? Is that is that okay? Jesus is not. He's not a little accessory that we take with us throughout the journey of life. He's he's the King. <laughs> he has called us out of something. We are we are of a different kingdom. We are of a different culture altogether as the body of Christ. And the sooner we embrace the fact that we are called out of one way of living into another way of living, the sooner we will begin to get a sense of how to express this calling that God has placed on our lives. First Peter chapter 2, uh, again, Simon Peter, he, he just says it so well. But you, friends, are a chosen race, a chosen generation, as some translations put it, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We've been called out of darkness. Why do we sometimes turn the light off? Oh, it's my relationships, Lord. Oh, it's my business. Oh, no, that's me. Light off. It's family. It's fine. Light off. We've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Wow. (laughs) Friends, we are chosen to proclaim the praises of God who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want us as the church to embrace the fact that we have been called into the family. We've been called up, a heavenly call before any other call. And we've been called out of one way of living. And I want to end off, I guess, our time this morning. That's an iPhone 14 that's coming to the kingdom. We're going to have a cell phone shop from this building soon. All these calls. Um, I, want to, I, want to, I want to end off this morning by just saying this. Our calling as followers of Jesus is not a mystery. It's not a mystery. It's not something to be fearful of. God has plainly revealed to us in his word that we all have a calling to become like Christ through his saving work. It's the most important call that we will ever receive. And from here, we get to discover, we get to experience the wonderful freedom of life and life in all its fullness that God has promised us. And I'm looking forward to exploring a little little more of what that looks like with you over the next couple of weeks as we lay this foundation that we've been called in, we've been called up, and we've been called out. We are lights in the world, friends. We've been called to shine that light wherever we go. And I'm looking forward to discovering how we get to do that uniquely through the gifts and talents and opportunities that God has placed in us and before us. Can you say amen to that this morning? Would you stand with me as we pray, church? With all those uh, cell phone calls, I didn't realize you guys are going to take the heart for the house offering message so literally. Here's a phone. Um, but should we just take a moment and just um, commit God's word um, to our hearts as we, as we walk out of um, here this morning? And perhaps there was one or, one or two of the scriptures that specifically stood out for you. There's, I mean, there's such phenomenal power in those words that, that, we, that we read just now. And maybe you want to just think of that for a moment. But I'm going to take a moment and wrap up for us in word of prayer. Where's, um, where's Jess, our anointed guitar player? 
you know, closing the service with, with their music always just makes so much more sense. Theologically, it doesn't. It just makes me feel better. I'm rolling with it. But yeah, let's just take a moment and pray um, and just commit ourselves to God as we, as we consider His calling. Father, we thank You that You have called every single one of us. It wasn't up to us. We couldn't earn it. There's no higher ranking. You originated the calling and You've called every single one of us to You. You've called us in. Father, we thank You for the invitation that you placed before us to respond. God, we, we place our trust in you. Not in anything else or anyone else or any other career or whatever. We, we place our trust in you. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that as we consider the calling that we have received to become Christ-like, to be someone specific, and to build something spiritual, that you'll help us from a place of rest, figure that out. Thank you that there's no striving in your love. We don't have to prove anything to you. We are free and it's because of that freedom that we get to explore the gift of life that we have. And Father, we pray that throughout this series, you'd you'd begin to speak to each of us individually. Place those place those thoughts in our in our hearts. We in, in, in our minds we open up to receive from you. If it's a change that we have to make, if it's a persevering that we need to commit to, whatever it is, Father, would you speak to us as we commit to listening and responding to that prompting that you place on our hearts. And we really are trusting you throughout this series, God, for greater confidence, greater conviction, better decision-making even, as we realize and recognize our first call is to you. Thank you for calling us your chosen generation, your holy people. Help us live with the light on, Father, in everything that we do. We want to bring you the glory. And all of these things we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said, Amen. Church, would you mind just for the last time celebrating God's favor and His love and His grace by shout of praise. Um, I want to encourage you to stick around for a free cup of coffee uh, if you're visiting us uh, after the service. Otherwise, pancakes, I think, are still available uh, at the coffee shop as well. Personal prayer up front. There's communion on the right and a My Story wall as well if you want to fill that out and let us know how grace changed your life. Otherwise, church, enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you on Sunday. God bless everyone.